0: Please rise. Court is now in
1: session. All rise. All
0: rise. I strenuously object. A legal podcast brought to you by the Pittsburgh Law Firm a Flaherty Fardo is now in session.
2: All those seeking information about the law and legal matters affecting the people of Pittsburgh and the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, half-baked opinions, and a dose of self-indulgence are invited to attend and participate. I want the truth! the truth. I object, Your Honor. Your Honor, I object. You would!
0: Listen, we don't know you. We don't know who you are. We don't know what you do. So please do not rely on anything we say as legal advice. I'm Noah Fardo, presiding. My wingman, attorney Bill Rigel. And all we're trying to do is bring a little irreverence.
2: That's just what this stubby company needs! A little irreverence! Well, let's start the insanity. Call the first witness. Hello, Bill. No, how are you today?
0: I'm doing good. And I think we got something very serious for people that this advice could theoretically save people 500,000 or millions of dollars because who you choose as your lawyer could mean millions of dollars worth of difference in your, to you in your case. Agreed?
2: you've sold me on the stakes. I, uh, yeah, it, in many ways, it's one of the most important decisions. Hopefully it's a decision people when it comes to an injury don't ever have to make, but when they're confronted with that decision, it's an important one. It's the most
0: important decision
2: in the case process. And,
0: and it's funny when we think about hiring professionals, um, you know, whether it's plumbers, electricians, even picking a doctor, how much research do people really do? And is it different than picking a lawyer? Initial thoughts?
2: That's right. So our goal here today is to be able to give our listeners a guide. They've been hurt. Uh, someone in their life may have told them, hey, you need to get a lawyer. Uh, and now they're confronting the now what decision? How do I go about making this decision? And that's what we're going to try to help them answer today.
0: Well, in the in the in the lawyer marketing that that often exists for these types of cases, we are only talking to people that are seriously injured or dead. Correct.
2: Well, I'm not talking to someone who's dead. I don't expect them to call us. (laughs) I know, but that's, I've
0: actually seen billboards for lawyers that said dead, call us. (laughs) That's pretty
1: good. And that's the the marketing. Lionel Hutz, attorney at law. Here's my card. It turns into a sponge when you put it in water. Ooh, classy.
0: Marketing is where this all starts. Because when people are trying to figure out which lawyer do I call,
2: they're usually going by who has marketed the most. That doesn't obviously make them the best. That's right. And, you know, they rely on the marketing materials and the most overt marketing materials, commercials and billboards, um, because that's what's out there. That's the easiest thing to find. And and those are the things that they've encountered casually throughout their lives. But I, I would urge someone who is facing the decision to hire an attorney to take a more active approach than that. Uh, don't call the first attorney who pops into your mind uh, because of marketing materials that you've been consuming for 20 years. Right. But it's an important decision and it doesn't come down to who advertises the most and it doesn't
0: come down to price. You got to be very careful about price, which we'll get into today as well. But our goal who we're speaking today are people who have been seriously injured or have loved ones who were seriously injured and need advice on any strategy tips or hints on how to pick the best personal injury attorney for their case you with me i'm with you and to that when i talk about the best personal injury attorney i feel proud to say my partner is one of the best personal injury attorneys sean flaherty good morning sean
1: hey how is everybody today boy that's quite an introduction i don't know if i can live up to that
0: listen nobody bill and you and i have said this and we've together we've been practicing over 70 years and we've known each other you know very close for the past 16 years Sean and I longer but nobody settles a case better than Sean Flaherty nobody handles a mediation better than Sean agreed
2: a a thousand percent yes
0: yeah so that's a good compliment Sean and we mean it but let's help people today um let's how I want to break this down is I think I think we can break it into three different main issues with the with the most important issue last um that most people don't think of so you know something that 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 It is probably very far down the list of questions you'd ask, but might be the most important question to ask. Um, But Bill, let me start with you today. Um, What's the first thing? I'm looking for a personal injury lawyer.
2: Give me some general advice. Yeah. So I would hire, I would start with as much kind of word of mouth or or people I trust input as I can. The downside to that, of course, is uh, every client I've ever had, I tell to, not go talking about their case to their friends and family. Um, you don't want to betray your attorney client privilege. You don't want to get your friends and family called in as witnesses later. And so, you know, you may have friends and family who've had good experiences with a lawyer and have no idea that that's the case because they haven't talked to you uh, and they're not supposed to talk to you uh, about the case while it's pending and often a case after it's settled. Um, I do note that one place that gives you kind of a more anonymous uh, or kind of broad strokes version of that is looking at the reviews online, right? Look, look at the reviews that are showing up on Google uh, or AVO or whoever's doing these, uh, these kind of review sites and, and, you know, look at them overall and look at the content of them. It'll at least start to give you a taste of what it is that people are saying about uh, someone. And that's a place to start. That's not a place to end. Uh, But I definitely think that that's a, 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 as close a substitute as you're going to get for word of mouth in this industry. Well, let me pull a Richard Dawson on you. And Sean, you, you, you and I are more
0: familiar with Richard Dawson than Bill, perhaps. But if we're doing a survey says... Survey said! But if we are playing Family Feud with the Richard Dawson, um, what I've heard is Friends, which you started with, which probably got like a seven. All well, you need seven points. Okay. Or a 12. And Reviews, which got a 25 25 people said reviews, and this certainly most important. But oh, Sean, where are you? You're up. Um didn't we got friends and we got reviews what, on the board. What else it, can people it, do?
1: Was it Richard Dawson? Didn't it didn't Louis Anderson also do uh, Family Feud survey said?
0: I think Louis Anderson did, and there's somebody else now. I don't know his name. Yeah, uh, Steve
2: Harvey currently doing Steve it. Steve Harvey or-
0: is good.
2: Survey
1: says.
0: Steve Harvey is very good, <laughs> yeah.
1: but 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 Steve Harvey's good. Louis Anderson is, is good, but and in, in Louis Anderson in captures a little bit where I was going here. Um, you see Louis Anderson doing that show, and you like Louis Anderson. Who doesn't like Louis Anderson? He he's funny. He's looks like somebody you know who could hug your grandmother and make them feel good. Thank you. Thank you so much. But but the first thing you want to look for, I think. And it's, and it's a mutual thing because it's going to be a relationship. When you have an, an attorney-client relationship, it's two people. The first thing I want to know is in evaluating the client is, do I like them? Do they like me? You are going to have a long-term relationship. Most cases take, what, how long would you say? No, a year and a half to two and a half years to, to, to end in completion if you go through you, all the trials? You,
0: you know what? That's really good, Sean, because relationships would not be the number one answer, but it should be maybe, very up there, Well, um, very important relationships, getting along. Do you connect with this person? Do you have the same interest? And and I'll even go a step farther. I don't want a case just because somebody's seriously injured. I need to understand their goals as well, because how many times do you, regardless of the amount of money you recover for somebody, it's not filling that hole of what well, they just lost or the, or the harm that they suffer. They still get to live. They have to live with it.
1: I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute. But I think that the first thing but you need to know is, and here's what I hear, because how many times have we handled cases that have come over from other, other firms? My attorney doesn't call me back. They don't, I, I send them an email. They don't respond. So it's, it's got to be, you're, you're going to have a relationship with this attorney. The attorney's going to have a relationship with you. Are you able to get along? Does he respond? Is he going to get back to you within you within 24 hours? That's my goal. I don't always reach it, but I always try to, if I'm on vacation, obviously, et cetera, there's a number of things. But a, you want to know that you get along with your attorney, that you like your attorney because you want to work with this person. Secondly, you're going to realize two people are doing work in this case. Is you know, the client has to realize and be made aware right from the beginning, I'm going to expect things from you as you're going to expect things from me. So you 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 want to make that clear that you know, is this attorney willing to work with me to get my case? to completion. And the last thing I think you hit on it, Noah, is you always have to let the client know. And the client has to, doesn't realize this. The only thing we can get for them is is money. That's the only thing. We are not going to find closure in this case. Ultimately, no matter how much money they get, when the day's done and the case is closed and they've received their money, they're still left in the same situation. All they have is money.
0: Yeah, look, I. I, I I agree on all of those factors. I mean, how you find them, you talk to people, you know, you see what reputations are, you look at reviews, you, you, you interview, it's a, it's a mu- mutual interview process between the lawyer and the client. We're interviewing the clients the same way. I mean, I still think I get the number one answer, but I'm all just competitive like that. But it's experience. It's not only experience being a lawyer, it's experience in that specific specialty. If you have a medical malpractice case involving an OB-GYN error, you need to find somebody who's handled... Medical malpractice, Obgyn, air cases before. It's very specific, um, and and I don't think clients ask that type of question. Are they familiar with the jurisdiction? If it's in federal court, you better ask your lawyer. Have you handled federal cases before? Because
2: you don't want to hire somebody who just is handling state cases. Um, uh, let me. I I'm not going to say I object. What you said is accurate, but you need to consider both sides of what I think is in some sense the same coin. Um, you want the attorney to be experienced and you should not hire someone who you don't feel like is able to competently handle your case or knowledgeably inform you about your case. But the flip side of that coin is most experienced person in the world doesn't matter if you're never going to get to talk to the lawyer, right? If you call the office and you don't get to talk to a lawyer at the time you're doing the intake and you don't get to talk to a lawyer uh, in your second call, then really you know how much is that experience doing for you when what we're trying to do is build a relationship with someone who you can trust and who you can work with on developing your case going forward so that's not to say you know experience you know isn't important and it might be the number one answer right it's why every attorney advertisement in the world tells you they're both experienced and aggressive um but there's also a lot of experienced lawyers out there, and yeah. so picking the right person from among them—that's where these other things come
0: in. You know, Ch- Sean did a great job for me, Bill. I mean, think about it—all these years, Sean—that's what you taught me more, better, as well as anything. I mean, I when I was in law school, sitting in your office, he always got back to people, no matter how successful, no matter how busy, um, or other things that he had to do. He just it was a It was it was a thing of human being decent human decency, right, Sean? Well,
1: you know, and and again, you. I like to talk to people. I'm a politician's son. My dad was the <laughs> mayor. I mean, so you kind of grow up in that that attitude. But, you know, going back to something Bill reminded me of, I, I, I heard a law commercial um, and the attorney said, we know the judges. And I thought, can they even say that? I mean, we know the judges. It almost makes it sound as corrupt because we yeah, know. Yeah, the there's a lot of bad advertising.
2: Yeah, that's that's the old joke, right? A good lawyer knows the law. A great lawyer knows the judge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know some of the judges, but um, I, I it implies a certain level of you know, if not outright corruption, at least kind of favor doing an old boys network that that I'm not comfortable with. Yeah, let me add, let me add this too. On we talked about experience. It's also
0: results. I would want to know if I'm picking the right lawyer, what kind of results have you had in the past? Because if it's a serious case, you don't want somebody who's not dealing with big numbers or has the resources to fund it. Agreed? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Uh,
0: uh, Mike, the podcast producer jumping in here. Um, In terms of that, and as it relates to reviews, sometimes don't people give negative reviews to lawyers just because they're dissatisfied with the outcome of their case, even though it may not be the lawyer's fault, shouldn't you try to watch out for some of those one star reviews that aren't really deserved? Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, no, a good lawyer, and Sean knows this, and Bill knows this, is always setting realistic expectations for your client from the beginning so you don't run into that situation. But most of the reviews, and they all differ, but some of the reviews I've seen, um, negative reviews, were more lack of communication, not understanding the process of the case,
2: something happening, They clients felt like they were in the dark. Yeah, I mean, look, negative reviews are a weird creature, right? Um, Sometimes people give negative reviews because they're legitimately and honestly and reasonably aggrieved. And even the best lawyer who does everything right in this regard can manage to get a couple clients out there who uh, end up with negative things to say about them anyway. And it's tough as someone who's uh, looking to hire an attorney to figure out whether or not someone's negative review was earned or not. You want to assess the the number and the content of those things, and you want to take them with a grain of salt, but you also don't want to ignore them.
1: You know, you also want to know that your attorney is active in the community. There's a social aspect to being a lawyer that you can't take for granted, and your client is looking for that. Somebody that is fabric, has a, a network in the community, I think it's really important. I, 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 I don't think you can underestimate that. So
0: two other things, and I, if we're looking at the big board of answers and ways that we can help people find the right lawyer, um, I think we have two more that we haven't talked about yet. One is free consultations. Sean, start with free consultations.
1: It's, it's so important because sometimes the, the evaluation of the case, a, a, a potential client doesn't always know if they have a lawsuit. They, they may believe that they have a lawsuit, but does it does it cover all the legal acumen that they need to pursue it and to get it get a judgment or an award the, the the fact is you've got to offer the consultation to do a certain amount of legwork to get back to your potential client and give them an evaluation of their case well,
0: isn't every consultation free now I'm- I mean, I've never heard of anybody charging for a consultation on a personal injury or medical
1: malpractice. So some, sometimes it goes further than that. Sometimes it's looking at the records, uh, getting, getting what records they have, having them get the records. We'll review them and get back to you. Some of my consultations have taken two months to complete the consultation before I'm able to give them a final opinion of what I think. And if at that point they, they like my opinion, uh, that's fine. If they don't, I understand
0: yeah, I think, and Bill, I'll be interested in your take. I'm, I'm a, I would be a little bit leery of an attorney who's offering representation right away because there is a process, especially in medical malpractice cases, where during our initial
2: consultation, we're learning the case, we're reviewing records. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah I mean, doing the intake process most of the time to do it right takes time and a little patience on everybody's part. The legal system doesn't turn around that quickly, and and most consultations don't turn around that quickly because there's a lot of material to understand and consider. Now, I've had any number of, of at least prospective clients, if not people who materialized in, into clients, um, who entered the call and sometimes even exited the call, having some fear that they were going to get a bill in the mail, right? Um I think the the result of other people advertising free consultations so heavily is people's expectation is, well, I talked to a lawyer on the phone, they're gonna bill me now. You should expect free consultations, but you should probably confirm it, right? Make sure when you talk to the lawyer, look, I'm not being charged for this, right? If you order my records, you're not gonna send me a bill for that, right? Just make sure you know um, what it is that is and isn't being offered for your own peace of mind. Hey, also, the, as part of the free consultation process,
0: you know, people still don't always understand the contingency fee agreement. If you have a serious case, you've been injured, someone has passed, you only want someone to take that type of case on a contingency fee agreement. Bill, a contingency fee agreement explained not from Yale,
2: from CCAC, please. Well, you may be slandering our local community college, but be that as it may. <laughs> um, you know, a contingent fee agreement is a situation where the, where the attorney receives no fees, no no payment for their time and efforts until after such time as there is some recovery brought in on the case in question, right? Um, whether that's a settlement, whether that's a verdict, uh, the lawyer doesn't get paid unless and until the client's going to get some kind of payment or money out of the out of the representation.
0: Yeah. And Sean, tell me what you think about lawyers who are willing to take the case for less. Why should, should clients just go with the lowest fees or are there some red flags that people need to know about?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you do get what you pay for. Um, I mean, I don't want to be disparaging of other attorneys. That's that's not my style. But you, you do want to make sure that your attorney is uh, ready to go to do everything to completion. Um, and sometimes if they're cutting fees, they're cutting corners.
2: Guaranteed lowest prices. Crazy Eddie, his prices are insane.
0: To do these cases right, to do the serious injury cases, the medical malpractice, the wrongful death cases, they require a significant amount of time and significant amount of resources. And if you're charging such a low fee, I have a hard time believing the lawyers
1: are trying to do anything but settle it. If you need to get the case done right, it's going to cost money. And our firm puts that money up front. And all firms, almost, all, almost all firms do, right, Sean? Right, right all, almost all firms do. But again, if, if, if you're cutting your fee, can you put up the substantial amount of capital to risk whether or not you're going to win or lose? You need to put up substantial amount of capital to get the right expert witnesses, to get the right other evidence to present in front of a jury or to a, an arbitrator, which is not cheap. Look, and, so,
0: so if you've got a really good case, sometimes you can negotiate the fee, but you can't be penny wise and pound foolish, where somebody gives you such a low fee, they got an incentive to settle your case for less just to get rid of it. And that's that's where you could be losing significant amount of money.
2: Obviously, you know, in a case where the goal here is to get money at the back end, you know, costs and fees do matter, but finding the right person in that personal relationship and someone you can trust and who you know is going to be working on your case and doing your case right, that matters more, especially in a contingent fee situation, Um you're, this isn't a situation where you're looking at writing a check out of your own pocket at the beginning of the case. You're not going to see money for months, years uh, after embarking upon that relationship, uh, but you're going to have that lawyer in your life for all of the time between when you hire them and when and when the eventual, um, you know, recovery occurs. So, you know, don't don't put that as the the principal driving factor of your decision uh, because that's going to be a long couple of years if you do.
0: Yeah, that leads me to number one, too. And, and it wouldn't be the most obvious number one of what people need to think about when hiring a personal injury lawyer. But it's, does this lawyer actually have the time to work on my case? Because so many lawyers are good at marketing, signing up cases. But how many cases can you theoretically work on with all of your, you know, expertise and professional time at one time
2: so you know how to take the reservation you just don't know how to hold the reservation. anybody can just take
0: them sean what's your thoughts on that
1: well obviously the fewer the better i mean yeah it's it, it, if, you, if you've got too many cases you can't you can't get back to the client you can't really put the attention that you need, need into it but um and no, uh, it's also wait let me say this too It's also about the staff that they have working with them too. You've got to have staff that is, is there to organize. Like I I said to one client that asked me if I was going to write a motion, I said, I'm the last person in the world that you want to be writing the motion. (laughs) I am however, prepared to argue the motion in court, but if you expect me to do the research and to get it done right, no, that's not my uh, forte anymore. And, and we
2: are kind of unique in this regard, right? Because, um, on one hand, we all do work our cases together. Very few of our cases are are situations where one lawyer is siloed and that's the only attorney you're going to deal with. We do all of these things collaboratively, but we do them collaboratively among other attorneys. We don't have you know, a staff of seven paralegals, um, you know, or kind of an administrative staff who's going to be doing the work, putting together your motions and um, kind of handling and managing the day-to-day details of your case. We're going to have attorneys doing that. Um, And it may not be the same attorney doing every part of your case. I I don't think you'll want that. I think you want a variety of opinions and you want a collaborative environment. Um, So I, I, I think you want to consider all of that um, together when you're looking at, at who it is that you want to hire and who it is that you're comfortable working with.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is a huge difference, I think, having a team of lawyers, um, Bill. And you know, it's funny because when we're screening these cases, and this sounds bad, but oftentimes we're looking for reasons to say no. We can't help everybody and you want to help everybody, but you can't take every case. You have to be selective because if you're going to use the time of four lawyers, which is what a lot of our cases are, it has to be the right number of cases. Um, Sean, do you think we've helped people today who have been injured or have lost somebody in terms of just some general advice to pick the right
1: lawyer? Again, I think we have. I think they've got to know that they're picking a lawyer, but they got to say, he's also my friend.
0: Bill, you know, you and I have relationships with clients from 10, 15 years ago that you do consider friends. I mean, because you spend... Years of your life through one of the most traumatic experiences of their life with them. It's like being in a foxhole, uh, spending that much time together, and I think you do become very close. And if you don't, it's probably a problem in the relationship.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess two things on that. Um, it sounds, especially in the abstract, when you're talking about someone you haven't met yet, because you're just looking for a lawyer to be thinking of it in terms of I'm trying to form a lifelong friendship here. That's a little bit. Uh, I I agree. I, I agree. And I do You guys I, aren't wrong. That's how that actually turns out. And and if you if you think you don't like a person right out of the gate, don't hire that person. Don't get in that situation. It's only gonna get harder to get out later. And the longer and the more you have invested in this bad relationship. Well, hire someone you like and that you can see yourself being friends with. The other thing I would say. Different clients, different people have different expectations or desires about how they want to handle the case. And, and look, the good news is the way we handle things as a firm, we can, we, can, we can handle both of these things. Some people want to hand the case off to the attorney and don't want to have to think about it anymore. And some people want to be involved in every detail and document and they want to look at everything that comes in and review the discovery and the medical records themselves. We, we can do either of those things for you, but make sure your attorney knows what your expectations are in that regard. If you want to be super involved in the case, make sure your lawyer knows it. If you don't want to have to get updates on the case, make sure your lawyer knows that too.
1: I, I think in, in, in hitting on that, I'll leave it at this too. Ultimately, when I have a case and a client, I eventually, I learn, I know who their spouse is. I know who their children are. I know who their parents are. If they have grandparents, I know their who their neighbors are. I know what kind of hobbies they like, what kind of vacations they take. I mean, you need to know your clients so that when they're on the witness stand, you know everything about them. And so it's it's a very personal relationship that you're going to have with a good attorney.
0: Yeah. it's And it's also outworking. I mean, all of that takes time and energy and work. And that's how you win these cases, relatively defining win. But That's how you're successful in the cases is by putting more work in and knowing those details. That's awesome. Listen, I think this one was good. Experience matters. Talk to your friends, look at reviews, talk to multiple lawyers. Um, The relationship is very important. Understand the free consultation, understand what a contingency agreement is. And at the end of the day, I think, and I'll give you a final thought, but I think the most important thing is make sure it's somebody you can work with and that has the time to handle it and is experienced in that type of area.
2: There was an alternate universe version of this podcast that is just like three sentences long. How do I choose the right injury lawyer? And I say, hire Flaherty Fardo. And then we're done, we go home. Um, But I think the same things that we've learned and talked about are true here. Look, if you call us and talk to us and don't like us, please don't hire us.
0: Yeah, and if I don't like you, please don't ask me to to represent you. Listen, if you've been seriously injured, if you're involved in a medical malpractice case, hiring the right lawyer, can and often does make a significant difference to the outcome of the case. If you have questions about personal injury, medical malpractice, how to pick the right lawyer,
2: visit pghfirm.com. And even if you don't hire us, we thank you for tuning in to this episode of I Strenuously Object. Please subscribe to our podcast feed. Please rate us. Please give us reviews. Help keep this thing alive and well. If you uh, have any questions for uh, mailing it in segment, which we, we will eventually get to, Uh, or any other feedback for the podcast, we have a direct email for you. That's at iobject at pghfirm.com. Thanks, first of all, for Sean Flaherty uh, for being our guest again here today. And now some parting advice.
1: Mr. Simpson, don't you worry. I watched Matlock in a bar last night. The sound wasn't on, but I think I got the gist of it.
0: I don't have any parting advice. Stay classy, Pittsburgh.
2: Noah, are we adjourned? We are adjourned.